You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family, welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad that you tuned in. Today, I have a special guest, Coach Alan Glenn. He's the head coach uh, of our Petal Panthers this year. He's been a blessing to me, blessing to our boys, and I wanted you to get to meet him. A couple of weeks ago, I was blessed to meet Coach Glenn, and so I thought, man, let's just see. Well, he was willing to make time for the podcast, and so thank you, Coach Glenn, for making time to be with us. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited to get to talk for a few minutes. There you go, man. Hey, well, I love what you do. I grew up playing football, so it's, a football field has always been interesting to me. In fact, you know, some of the most formative relationships that I had growing up were a couple of football coaches. And so for me, every time that we've ever um, had a vacancy in that spot, you know, I've been here for years and I've, I've been friends with lots of football coaches and loved them all. But every time that we've had an opening for our head coach at the high school, I've gotten a little bit nervous because I know the impact that a high school football coach has on that generation of young men. And I've always thought, Lord, please let us bring somebody who's going to influence their character, you know, and not not just on the field, but off the field. And I've been thrilled every time that the Lord's brought a strong believer who's had a positive impact. And I was excited, you know, to get to hear good things about you when I talked to your, your pastor at Amory and when we first met. And so welcome to the friendly city. Man, I hope God does great things with you there. But let me just take a second to help us get to know you. Okay. Coach, tell me a little bit about you. Where, where are you from? Tell me about your family. Well, I'm from Amory, Mississippi, which is a little small town in the northeastern part of the state. Yeah. Uh, about 30 minutes south of Tupelo, for those that may not know about Amory. Uh, myself and my wife are from there. My wife, Emily. Uh, we, were, we were high school sweethearts and uh, ended up uh, getting married later in life. But um, we're from Amory. I have two 11-year-old twins, Drew and Annie Kate. Uh, both are... Uh, very busy bodies, uh, and uh, it's, it's awesome to come to a new town, a new place. Uh, it's been exciting to get to know people here. Uh, the town has just opened their arms to us, and we, we can't thank the town enough for, for that. You mentioned your kids, and I have like I don't have a lot of stories around your kids. I don't know them well. I've been super impressed with how friendly they are. You know how much energy they have. You got great kids, but I do want to say one thing that's a compliment to to Drew. So make sure he hears this. Okay. Okay. Um, you guys, you know, you visited Carterville one Sunday morning and Drew left his Bible. Yep. And so I said, well, let me go see if I can find, find his Bible for you and I'll set it aside. So I went, I found, I found a Bible and I thought, okay, let me make sure this is Drew's Bible. So I, so I opened up the Bible cover, you know, and there was a notepad in there and I could see where Drew had been taking notes in church in Amory from, you know, from your last pastor sermons. But I remember as a, I mean, as a young guy, because Drew's not an old kid. Mm -hmm. I mean, he sent children's ministry. And I remember looking, thinking, wow, this guy pays attention to the word. This guy, this guy's growing in Jesus. I was just super. And I think that's a good reflection, too, on you and Emily and your whole household. Yeah, well, and and I'm, I'm going to give a ton of credit to my wife. You know, my wife... Um, has grew up in in at First Baptist in Amory. Uh, I was a I was a Methodist growing up, and then uh, when she and I got married, I kind of I made the I made the switch. Um, and uh, but but Emily ha has been such a an awesome 
uh, spiritual guider for myself and for our children as well. Um, and, and that's just something that we felt like that we we wanted Drew and Anna Kate to to do in church is to is to take notes. You know, there's a lot of times you can go in there, and I think us as adults do it as well. We go into a, a worship service, and and maybe sometimes our mind kind of strays a little bit. You know, our attention span yeah. uh, may not be quite as long as it needs to be at times. So we tried to, as as young kids, for uh, for them to to tell them, hey, look. Let's 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 make bullet points. Let's make let's let's take notes so we can kind of help pay attention in church. Take it home with it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, um, and to take it throughout the week as well. So that's one thing that, that we've tried to stress to them, and and I'm glad you're able to see that. It was good. To, it was yeah, good to, was to just... see it from somebody else's point of view. Yeah, well, I was super impressed with it. Uh, quick coaching resume. I mean, you've been around before you were at Amory. Uh, you did a little college coaching, I think. Were you at well, Ole Miss for a minute? My very first uh, deal when I got in the profession, when I wanted to become a coach, I, I, I played football at the college level. And I was at Northwest Community College and played there and then went to Ole Miss. And then when my eligibility was up, I did some student coaching at Ole Miss under uh, David Cutcliffe, who was the head coach at the, at the time, um, and, and did some student coaching at Ole Miss before I got into the high school end of it. Uh, my first actual job was at Amory, matter of fact, back in 2005. I was there for a year and then had the opportunity to move to Louisville High School uh, and go to Louisville for four years. And then um, Emily and I, we, we got pregnant with Drew and Kate and uh, decided it would probably be best that we would move back closer to some family to have a little help. Uh, And uh, a mentor of mine at the time had just gotten the job at Saltilla High School, which is a a 5A program right outside of Tupelo. And uh, so we moved to to Saltillo, and and I was a a coordinator there for four years uh, after my four years at Louisville, and then... I uh, had the opportunity to move on to Tupelo um, for two years as a coordinator as well, and then uh, became the head football coach at Amory High School, my alma mater, in 2016, and was there for five years. And then uh, when this job came open, you know, it was one that I've always been intrigued about pedal. You know, I've always heard of, of pedal, uh, but I was very intrigued by it um, and just kind of threw my name in the hat, and um, the good Lord works in mysterious ways. and. And brought and brought us to a place where you know we don't we didn't know anybody you know yeah. we 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 we've kind of moved to a place where we really had no connection yeah and um, but we've made a lot of connections since we've been down here and, and it's it's been an awesome ride so far well we're glad to have you and I I can say my primary interest is that you know we've always got a few kids on the football field from church and I'm always interested in those guys being shaped by men who have their head on straight. So I'm, I'm really thrilled to have you. Hey, let me shift gears a little bit and ask you this. Um, it's clear to me that you're a man who knows the Lord. You know, your, your household does. How'd that start? Tell me your testimony, Coach. How'd you get to know the Lord? When I was 16 years old, I went to a back-to-school retreat at Camp Lake Stevens in Oxford, Mississippi. Um, and, and there was a lady that spoke one night there. And I'm going to be honest, I can't remember her name. Um, but she spoke on just the the fact of you know there comes a point in your life where you know a decision you know, a decision needs to be made I mean I mean if, you know you, you grow up in a church I grew up in the church I grew up in, in the Methodist Church uh, as a young kid matter of fact I had years of perfect attendance in Sunday school and this and that and but you know there's a 
you kind of know about the Lord, you hear about the Lord, but you know, does your heart really know it? Right. And that night, uh, the 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 message that she that she laid out to all of us that night. I mean, I was convicted. I mean, it was there was no question that the Lord was there. That the Lord was thumping on my heartstrings. That there was it was there was. It was it was real, and it was the most real moment that I had ever had. And it was not just an emotion; it was real, you know. And at that at that moment, I just I put my head in my hands and I prayed and I asked the Lord uh, for forgiveness for all the sins that I've had done, and that I wanted to walk with Him, that I wanted to be a, a man of the Lord, uh, and wanted Him to come in my life and shape my life. And it's kind of funny. Uh, it was an emotional moment for me. I mean, it was a, a moment where, you know, it was a visible emotional moment for me. And I had people coming up to me and they were asking if I was okay or if, yeah, was yeah. there anything wrong? And, I was, and I'm like, no, I mean, there's nothing wrong. I mean, I just made a, the greatest decision I'll ever make in my life. Um, but it was at that moment and I was, I was 16 uh, that I that I made that commitment, and you know I'm like every other Christian. You know I fail every day. You know, um, I, but you know I, we, I'm a I'm a work in progress, just like we all are. Um, but I, I I really, my wife has made one of the biggest impressions on me uh, with my walk. Um, I, I'm not I, I was there is no perfect Christian. Uh, but I was by far not a perfect Christian before I married my wife, and and Emily, um, she is has been my rock. Um, she grew up in a home that uh, that just loved the Lord, um, and she grew up a young girl living that every day, um, and she brought that to our marriage. Uh, not that I didn't have that at home because I did too, but I think it's just different when you're. When your spouse is that way too, I mean, your best friend, yeah, you know, lives for the Lord. Well, so I mean, I'm sitting here listening to you, and I'm thinking, yeah, that's me too. I mean, I I grew up in a Christian home. My parents were fantastic. Now they they raised me in church. I knew the, I'm a preacher, right? But um, but Mary and my wife has probably been one of the most defining spiritual decisions. I, I didn't see it that way when I married her. I just right. loved her. I just said, man, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. I didn't say. Hey, I think you're going to have a positive impact on me for the Lord. I just said you're the one, right? Yep. But 20 years into marriage, I look at her right now and I say, Coach, that's the same. I mean, I think my wife, she follows the Lord well. Uh, she incur- just challenges me by her own personal walk sometimes. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree, man. Right on. Here's to a good wife. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I also credit. We had a Sunday school teacher in Tupelo, and he was an older man. His name's Stanley Williams. He's in his he's in his seventies. Uh, late seventies, probably now, um, but Brother Stanley is one too that uh, just really challenged me as an adult. You know, uh, an adult that has children at home. You know, to you know, as males, we're supposed to be the spiritual leader in our home. You know, and there's times probably in my life that I I was not that spiritual leader. You know, and and that my wife kind of was. Yeah. You know, and you know, going through. Uh, the walk with her and then brother Stanley kind of teaching us as a young couples class back in Tupelo just really put it out there for me. You know, I don't know why it took till I was 30 years old, you know, to, to be maybe as uh, to walk 
quite like you needed to walk. Um, but Brother Stanley also was a was a big rock too for me in at that point in time in my life. And, and Brother Stanley and I we still stay in touch today. Uh, but he's a guy that just he walks for the Lord, man, and and he just lives by it. He he loves to hear the blood being preached, yeah, that's you know. Right. And um, but that those are two people, my wife and Brother Stanley Williams, that that have been very influential in my life. That's awesome. Um, and and the walk that we have. You know, that's fantastic. I think that's a good credit to Sunday school teachers out there who are, you know, doing their their thing every Sunday and wondering if they make a difference. It's awesome to hear about mm-hmm. Brother Stanley. Yep. Hey, let's wrap up the podcast this way. I just want to, first of all, I want to say thank you for making time. Thanks for bringing your faith to our city for influencing our kids so they can be excellent on the field, but also so they can be excellent off the field. You know, I, I for me, it was, man, I look back at a handful of coaches that just I, I admired them, and if they said it, I believed it, and I wanted to be like them. You know, and if they had confidence in me, it, that that made all the difference in the world. I can think of one guy right now. Lee Davis was his name. He was a he, he was a linebacker at Mississippi State, and he came to coach us at our tiny little school. And uh, he, my senior year, he spoke some words over me that just showed that he had he really had a lot of confidence in us. And here I am, forty five year old man, you know, and I could. I could start crying sitting here talking to you about what it meant for me as a 17-year-old kid to have Lee Davis think, you know, that I was capable, that I could do something. Anyway, just I know how much influence you have and the coaches who coach with you. Thanks for coming to our city. How can we pray for you? How can we pray for the boys? Like, I, I know that God's doing a good work, but how can we join you? How can we support you? How can we pray for you as... You, you keep serving Jesus here. Well, you know, as, as a football coach, we impact more lives in a short amount of time than a lot of people do. Um, the, the biggest thing that, that I ask for uh, is that, that, that people pray for us as coaches to help us continue to be a light for our kids. And also, you know, the goal for us is, is to obviously make them good football players or to, to and, and go on the sports end of it. But the air is going to be out of the football at some point in their life. And at some point, they're going to have to be great human beings. They're going to be great fathers, going to be great family members, great friends. And that's hopefully what we're trying to teach them along the way as well, is that, yeah, football is very important. But also, at some point, football is going to be gone. And at the end of the day, what kind of person are you? You know, what, what kind of light are you able to shine on people that you're around? And hopefully our culture within our football program is helping guide these young men. Uh, but the, the prayer for that to continue, the prayer for our kids to understand that, yeah, it's very important to be as good as you can possibly be athletically. But also, you know, we want to be good stewards. We want to be good humans. We want to be good people. We want to be good fathers, good friends, uh, good husbands yeah. one day. Right on. Well, thanks for what you do, Coach. I appreciate you. I appreciate coming to our city. I hope you guys have a phenomenal football season, but more than just the wins and losses, man, thanks for shaping the future of our kids. Well, thank you so much and uh, glad to be here.